Hi, this is Andy Turner, MD of Silver FX Sports, proud supplier of all merchandise of DC Tweet Team. Please check out our website out, silverfx.co.uk, where you'll find plenty of merchandise for UK fan clubs and other different podcasts all around the world. Thank you. Check it out, guys. You're listening to the DC Tweet Team Podcast, and this is Being a Fan. Here's your host, Andy Burroughs. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team Podcast. This is this week's bonus weekend episode of Being a Fan. And he was so popular during the week on the podcast uh we had to have him back and hear how why where how it all started our guest today is none other than my good friend mr scott hartley scott welcome back buddy thanks again andy for having me on um, really interesting to do one of these uh being a fan podcasts uh, yeah as you said before mentions have gone crazy so thanks everyone <laughs> for uh, for reaching out i appreciate that a lot no, it was a pleasure, my friend. And yeah, our phones were blowing up after the um, the podcast in the week. It was so good to see you uh, get the love that you deserve, my friend. So let's find out why you do love this Washington football team so much. I mean, we kind of touched on it on the Wednesday's podcast, but for those who haven't listened to it yet, and if you haven't, why the hell not? Um, just tell us how your love of a team, I get it all the time. How do you love a team when you're so far, far away? So how did everything start for you, my friend? So I think it started, if we go right back, I've always been a little bit sport mad um, as a kid. And it was something that um, me and my father would do. So my father's uh, ex-military, served for uh, 24 years in the Royal Air Force Regiment and two years in the Army um, <clears throat> initially. And uh, we were posted abroad um, over in Germany for 10 years and then coming back to the UK it was we had a bit more time um my dad wasn't really at, at war and stuff at that time it was uh, what we're we oh, going to do always helps <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, what we're we going to do so it was a bit of a bonding session we kind of um we would take the time to go through um sport and initially it was football as we see it so soccer who's your soccer um, team so i'm a carla united fan um very 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 bad they're in league two but um, the first game I ever went to was a, a semi-final of a cup competition. Um, the John, now the Papa John's Trophy, but it was the uh, Johnson's Paint Trophy at the time. Um, and it, we got through to the final and it was a trip to Wembley. And I think ever since you go to the old Wembley Stadium, it's iconic. Oh, amazing um, And then f- from there, it was downhill ever since. But um, I kind of got into the... It was something me and my dad would do at the weekend. And um, I've done all but six football league grounds really weirdly out of the 92 so I've been all around uh, the UK watching soccer that then dropped off when I got a bit earlier uh, a bit older and I joined the RAF myself um, followed in father's footsteps I suppose and I got quite into rugby um, rugby union um, and I did did pretty well at it and then um, from there I had a stint as a um, professional player for six months which um, wow. yeah it was it was it was very interesting so I played for the Newcastle Falcons um, just in their um, A league never ever in the uh, in the first team it was kind of the reserves I knew after two training sessions this was a bit too much <laughs> for me but from the football perspective I've always kind of been into it from 
I suppose ever since we've seen the early remnants of what we could see in the UK, you know, the fridge, the London monarchs, that sort of, uh, them sort of days, but never really paid massive attention to it at all. And um, I suppose my first camp that I ever got to when I joined the military had a lot of American personnel on um, and they would have big 4th of July parades and, you know, they'd have massive uh, American football days when the Super Bowl was on and they'd take over the bar. And, you know, it was really exciting to go in and watch that. And the more and more that went on, the more and more I thought to myself, this is a really good game. I'm, I want to get myself involved in this. And then the explosion of Madden and, you know, the, uh, the electronic version, electronic game versions, my friends were playing Madden and I, I got more and more into it that way. So eventually I started really looking at what the teams were doing. So we'd have a predictions league, um, them sort of things. Um, and I never really took a, a, a side or a franchise and thought, yeah, I really like the look of them. I always liked the colour scheme of uh, what was the uh, Redskins, but now the football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always liked the burgundy and gold colours. And I thought, yeah, so I was kind of gravitating towards them um, if that makes sense. Whereas my other friends were Packers fans and Bears fans. So it's uh, quite interesting. And I think the thing that swung me was in 2007, um, it was the Super Bowl and it was the Colts versus the, the Bears, 29-12 to the Colts. Mm. Um, looking back at my, my notes here. And that was the first time I had a beer in Iraq. Um, and I'll never forget that game because I wasn't allowed to drink because I worked in the hospital. Um, and a sneaky uh, American special forces person who shall remain nameless pour, uh, pulled me a beer and said, there you go, mate, have a beer. And um, So you're watching sat- the Super Bowl in Iraq? Yeah, yeah wow. honestly, we watched it in Iraq. Yeah, genuinely in Basra. We sat and watched it on a on a, the tiniest TV ever. Amazing. Um, but we were able to watch it. And... Um, you know, that's when I sat down for a good, the good four, five, six hours learning and understanding what they were listening to, what they were saying, how they were critiquing the game, what sort of things players were doing. I thought, yeah, this is great. This is great for me. But the explosion, I suppose, of being in the Washington football fandom came in um, week 15 of 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at it here. It's 23-10 against the Giants in MetLife Stadium, who were obviously the eventual, yeah. the eventual winners. Um, yeah. I think we were looking at this here. It was the second quarter of comeback. We were four, we scored 14 points in the second quarter and then went mm-hmm. on to win it 23-10. Um, and it was the plucky under, underdog story, you know, bottom mm-hmm. of the division, finishing bottom of the NFC East. And I just thought, you know what, I love an underdog. And yeah, yeah this and I, and I nailed my colours to the mast there and then. That was it for me. It was right, this is my team now. Following on from that, the following year, I followed the draft. I looked at who we drafted. We got RG3. And then that week six game against the uh, with the run against the Vikings. Ah, flying Oof, down the sidelines. Yeah, that's, that's it. And then, then from there, it was, um, yeah, it was born, I suppose. That's exactly where it's come from. And ever since then, I've really been keeping in touch with what we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. I love the influx of the draft. I love watching it. I love the mock drafts. I love the YouTubers who put the content out there saying, oh, this person's going in this round. And I get really into that to look at who mm-hmm. who's coming out. Of You're college. one of them guys that sits and watches every day, every minute of the draft or... Uh, I, I will I will sit and watch. I mean, I've even took time off work this year yeah. for it, weirdly enough. So I, I will watch it. Yeah, I'll watch all it's, it's during the week this year for us, isn't it? It's not on the... Because last year, during the pandemic, it was on a Saturday, wasn't it? it so I think it's Thursday night um, yeah, still, as, as Friday far morning. as we're aware. Yeah, yeah into, into, Friday, into Friday morning our time mm-hmm. for the first round. And then I'll probably catch up on um, the second round and third round on the on the Friday, Saturday, day yeah. two and three, and then go and spend my whole weekend looking at that, I think, is, uh, is I'm going to be locked wow. into the TV. 
But that's really what I like to do. I wouldn't say I'm the most understanding of the X's and O's, if I'm mm. being honest with you. Me too, what, I'm the same. You know, what play, what play means what. But um, I enjoy obviously watching the content, watching the games live as as they as they are, um, and I understand what each position is meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I completely understand that bit. Yeah. But maybe if you started talking to me about the uh, the ins and outs of each play, um, I'm I'm kind of getting a bit lost there. Yeah, I was kind of the same, Scott. I mean, when I first started playing, I couldn't tell you a safety from a free safety to a middle linebacker to a linebacker. But you know, I'm very much I know all that now. You know what I mean? I'm, like I'm a bit like you, but. So, so, so were you still uh, in, obviously, when you started supporting Washington, were you still surrounded by the Americans in the military? Um, how did they take it? How did your friends take it when you said you're going to support the Redskins? They were they a bit like, of all the teams you could have chose. You yeah, chose, it was, uh, it was why... Why have you chosen that franchise? It was either them or the Jets were the worst two franchise, as always. And it was no, no. This is who I, this is who I want to want to follow. And loyalty is a big thing for me. Um, and the plucky underdog spirit is also a big thing for me. We're not that bad and under. We haven't been great, obviously, the last you know 10, 15 years. But we've won the Super Bowl. You know, I've looked back at all the films. I've watched what the franchise is, and historically, it's a massive franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, we were really, really one of we the with the biggest or one of the greatest franchises out there and you have to look and look back at them games and think to yourself yeah that's that's where I'd like to be but my fandom's really young you know we're only talking 10 years that I've really nailed they nailed my colours to the mast and said this is the team for me um but yeah it's it's been exciting and it's been an interesting ride even to find out I, I, I don't mind necessary I don't mind losing as long as we're competitive you know, it does it does kill me inside when we do lose, and it's a close game. Um, yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, it, it upsets me the same as every other fan. Yeah. But um, funnily enough, it, it's all new for me, so it still feels like it's that brand new thing that can that can pull you in and really tug at your heartstrings, and that's and that's what um, I find really interesting. So every Sunday, I, you know, my, my weekend revolves around Sundays rolling rolling around. It's six o'clock. Please do not disturb me, family, because I'm going to yeah. be locked into this TV for the next, you know, three and a half hours watching every play of what's going on. Um, I started initially with Red Zone, um, which mm-hmm. I still enjoy from, you know, if we're on a later game or an earlier game or we're mm-hmm. on a bye week. I still love the Red Zone action um, and watching it that way. But I don't think there's anything more special than watching the full game play by play, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm exactly the same. Come Sunday at six o'clock or nine o'clock, whatever time it is, do not talk to me. But I'm even, I'm just like, as soon as um, uh, Eisen comes on, as soon as uh, that comes on at like, I think it's midday our time, don't talk to me because I'm literally sitting down and watching. My wife can't baffle it. She's like, what time's the game start? I'm like, six o'clock tonight. She's like, it's midday. What are you doing? And like the Super Bowl is even worse. It's like, it's oh. like eight o'clock in the morning for us. Like, yeah. doing? I'm like, I'm watching the build up to the Super Bowl. When's it start? 11 o'clock tonight. So um, I could completely um, resonate with that. But um, who were your favourite players growing up? Then? Obviously, you're saying your fandom. Me and you aren't too far. I mean, I started in 2000, so we're not too, too far apart. So who were the players that you... Are you an offensive guy? Are you a defensive guy? Who were the, who were the standout players for you? I would say I'm more of a defensive guy, um, to be honest with you. I, I really like the big boys, but I also like um, a lot of the DNs and linebackers. So, I mean, three that, that stand out for me that, that I, I, I've liked and liked over the time are um, London Fletcher, obviously. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, wow. You know, the guy's a four-time pro bowler and two-time um, all-pro. I mean, for me, it was all about his work ethic. You know, when you watched him play, 
it was the way that you would outwork anybody. It wasn't mm. about necessarily, oh, I'm getting to every play or I'm taking every sack or I'm just stopping every, every, every running back. It was just the, the, the sheer monotonousness of him, if that makes sense. It mm-hmm. was the, the, he's always there in your face. He's going to be there. And he's going he's gonna to work you and grind you down into the ground. And mm-hmm. I love that about him. Um, Ryan Kerrigan, obviously, um, you know, still, yeah, we, he's not going to be here next season, which just, yeah, breaks my heart when I see that. It never really say does never, Scott. He's, never say well, never. we're not going to never say never, but he wants to start somewhere. So I'm, I'm hoping he comes back. But yeah, just unbelievable. What a, mm. what a player. Um, even from the minute he set foot, he put his, you know, put his cleats on, put his helmet on, you knew. Mm-hmm. Wow, this this guy's going to be here as a generational talent for a long, long time, yeah. and he was. And I mean, you know, for him to break the sack record was brilliant last season. You know, he can go away with this, you know, with that yeah. record in the book, and I don't think that's going to be beaten for a long time. Do you and think Chase he gets Young the respect he deserves? Do you think Ryan so, Kerrigan gets the respect he deserves? Like, I, I think he, I think he a does. Lot of fans are, you know, I speak to a, uh, they like him. But he's—they don't put him in that elite level, like you know, oh, you, I I, you and I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I put him in that elite level. He's been such a, a loyalty and service to a team is very few and far between in the NFL nowadays. And that man has been more than loyal. When he was at his peak, he could have gone. You know, he signed a contract extension, and you know, I, I, I think he deserves that the respect. I mean, a lot of Washington fans and around the league, I feel, don't put as much respect on the Ryan Kerrigan name as they should. Yeah, I do agree with you there. Um, I mean, for me, obviously, he's always going to be a legend. You know, mm-hmm. no matter what, uh, that guy needs to be either in. You know, he definitely needs to be in our um, ring of ring of fame. Um, oh, Hall of or, Fame, and then well, Hall, yeah, Canton, yeah. give him his gold jacket now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I suppose I can understand where you're coming from, and that's maybe because have we been spoiled over the last few years yeah. with the with the D line that we've got and the was he too loyal? Got coming off. Was Possibly, he too loyal yeah. when he could have could have maybe gone elsewhere and got a ring? Maybe, maybe, and you that's know? and probably that will be for him. That will be his, his his question in his own head. Can I mm. can I do that? And if he does leave, I hope he goes to a contending team oh, that can get him. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, um, and then who else? The only, um, the only one, other one I'm thinking of is Santana Moss as well. Oh. You know, you've just say no more. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't need to say any more, do I? I really don't. Say no um, more. One of the greats. And then from the current crop, um, I really like Terry. Obviously, everyone always likes Terry. Um, but my most underrated player and the player I really, really like is Matt Ioannidis. Um, oh, good choice. Great player. Um, and I'm so glad as well that... Um, underrated. Chase, I do think so too, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and again, I, I like these big boys who are underrated or don't necessarily get the credit they deserve. Mm-hmm. They're, they're my type of players that the team... The, the beating heart of the team, the backbone, the people who do the dirty work that doesn't always get noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I liken them to a, in soccer terms, to a central midfielder that does all the dirty work that you don't see. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see them, sometimes that's a good thing to not see them during the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, and, and he's absolutely one of my favourite players. First name I ever got in a jersey. Wow. Honestly, my okay. first name I ever got in a jersey because I've not... Because my fandom's young, I've not really got into buying jerseys or, you know, I'll, I'll buy a T-shirt of every podcaster I possibly can. That's that's something I am doing. Thank you. But um, I can't, I've never bought, never really bought a jersey till last, till last season. And he was the first name on my, on my jersey. Wow. So, 
Yeah, Next. Chase Rullier as well. I really like Chase Rullier. I like mm. what he can do from the centre position. Another I underrated like, player. Yeah, and I like the fact that he got paid. You know, mm, yeah, and and, and deserve to get paid as well. In my of opinion. course, yeah, of course, deserve to get paid. Um, Scott, obviously your your fandom's young, and obviously I've had different spectrums of people on being a fan from you know the sixties, the seventies, the eighties. Um, is there a game though for you since your your fandom is so young? I always ask everyone on this if there's a day that you could relive as a Washington fan. Um, what would that day be for you and why? So them two games, really. Um, the first one was that um, week 15 um, game against New York. I would have liked to watch that live to mm-hmm. actually see um, that that was the first game I ever really watched. I'd like to have properly with a tape of highlights that was lengthy, that was enough to, to you know, look at, look at what we did in, in each quarter. I would have liked to watch that in full. Um, so go back and whether it's live or on tape, I would have liked to have properly sat down and watched that. And I'm sure somewhere on YouTube, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to seek it out and oh, I'll, I'll find sure. it and watch it. Um, and then I'm trying to think, I would like to relive the uh, the Dallas game from last year again. Thanksgiving, you know? you're the second person yeah. who said that to me. Brilliant, brilliant day. Um, I, I don't think there was... Uh, I've watched the highlights back a few times just to, to cheer myself up. A bit I, as well, I, I can't delete it off my Sky Planner. It's still on there. I was, oh. My wife's like, are you taking this off the planner? I'm like, you take it off the planner, love. You can get the papers ready because that's game it, <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, and and to complete the sweep, it was, just a, it was just a complete game. It was a complete game where everything worked. Mm. Um, you know, from quarterback, running back, Antonio Gibson getting a hat-trick of, of, of touchdowns. You know, the defence balled out completely um yeah for me that's that's the stand that's one of my standout games i've, I've ever watched mm. and i was a happy person on thanksgiving i was a very yeah. happy person i bet um scott obviously i've spoke to a few people that have been in the military obviously i host a show with maurice um nine times out of ten most times he's in the military what was that like um having the americans try and explain the game to you at the early stages what were your impressions obviously you're a big like you say a big rugby guy you played it to a very good level um, you're a big soccer slash our football fan. What was it like when you were uh, uh, the camaraderie amongst your your fellow Americans? Obviously, they it's their game. I've always said this. This is obviously it's America's yeah. game. We've just we have a passion for it. But I, it's when people say to me the same about our football. You know, what I mean, I can't explain the the passion I have when I go and watch a Tottenham play, and the same for you when you go and watch a Carlisle play. That's our football is our game. So, what was that like for you being in the military and around all the American guys and you know? just learning about the game from them. Yeah, it was a great experience, really. I mean, also, I think that they, they took they took me to heart because I was interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I took the time to try and understand why they why they are so passionate about that, that as a sport, about the NFL, about American football in general, everything from high school to college to, you know, I had no idea how, how big college football in, in America is. It's, it's unbelievably big. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the NFL on top of that. So to find, to, to really take an interest in it and to sit down and, and have the, the time to, you know, critique a Super Bowl or to go through um, each individual game or why, you know, why a linebacker will run that way or why, um, why a, a wheel route is done a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's finding out the ins and outs of, of the game um, and, and the passion that I, I come across as quite a um, an open person and, and I'm happy to learn about the, about the sport and, and, and I lapped up exactly what they what they could give you um, <clears throat> deployment it makes deployment days go very very quickly I can imagine um, 
you're not in a great environment, you know, a lot of times, I mean, I've served once in Iraq, twice in Afghanistan. So, you know, when you're cutting around the corn fields, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not great to be honest with you, but working as a medic, um, I see the Alex Smith type um, leg injuries end of it. Um, rather, wow. or rather than the Does that resonate um, with you much then Scott when you saw Alex yeah and, massively and I was you know? and I was quite I was quite proud of the guys who you know at the centre for the intrepid I think they call it um, mm-hmm. so that would be that would be the equivalent to our Headley Court okay um, is, is what we have in, in the UK um, right. or the Queen Alexandra Hospital in Birmingham we have a lot of, uh, of areas that have these sort of expertise um, and in Camp Bastion especially we used to have um, A&E nurses come from all over the world just to actually fly out for a, for a few weeks to work because they'd never seen battle blast injuries or, or oh, things wow. like that before um, so my role kind of within there was more around repatriation mm-hmm. um, and also around uh, so making sure that people get back to their loved ones and to their people at of the at, you know when they when they've paid that ultimate sacrifice um, which is quite awful so um, I'm not the sort of person who really celebrates Remembrance Day or things like that yeah. I just kind of have my own little solemn mm-hmm. yeah I'll do my own thing but yeah. Um, yeah so that's quite that was quite hard um, and quite tough um, Iraq especially but in Iraq we have more of the American personnel there so yeah there's five five thousand people on the same base um, so you couldn't walk five minutes without seeing some sort of NFL apparel somewhere and mm. um, which was quite quite great but you have the time to sit down and make the days go quicker and you're not then thinking about what's going on at home. Um, so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful that they, they kind of took me under their wing and said, look, this guy's trying to learn. He's trying to understand the game and understand why we, why we're so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I know my fandom's still young and I'm still learning, but when you've got people and we have the community we have now through podcasting, through social media, through, um, you know, the connections you make online with people from, other podcasts like the burgundy zone or all washington twitter sphere in general it's great i've actually had arguments with people but i've never fell out with anyone and that's yes, really quite key that is you know key. And, and i can and i can sit there and safely say if i've messed up or i or they don't understand why i've said that i can explain it and then they're like oh i get you i understand why you yeah. why you're there never had a falling out with someone that's that couldn't have ever been resolved. Whereas I look at other fandoms and others from other teams and it's really negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Washington Twitter can be quite negative <laughs> at times, but, but overall, I think we're a good bunch. You know, I think we're, we're a good bunch of people and this fandom's got us through COVID. It's got us through a lot of different, um, different things that are going on throughout the world. And I also think, as Maurice pointed out yesterday on the podcast, you know, the change from being the Redskins to the football team, I think it has impacted it um, not as negatively as it could have affected it um, because we've had this joint, um, this camaraderie of different podcasts. People have constantly been bringing out content and the negativity has never had the chance to really stem. Um, There's obviously the odd story here and there that comes out of uh, Ashburn as you, you'd expect um, yeah. and that, I don't think that's ever going to go away but um, even that then, you're now just water for ducks back you're like well yeah. you know I'd rather concentrate on the good than the, what's of coming course. out of Dan Snyder's office but if we can continue like this as a you know as a fandom then I think this goes from strength to strength both on the field and off the field you know we've got to tap into something now that we can all be brought together to make it more of an international game 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a big believer, and other people have dismissed it out of hand. I mean, you know, uh, Reed off the Burgundy Zone dismissed it out of hand, and it's like, no, you're never going to have a franchise in in London. I it's really going to happen. Think, I really I've, do think we do. I, I can tell Jack, you now, Scott. I, I know for a fact. I know for a fact. I can't tell you who, why, and how. I I promise you, and I can promise Reed. What we now 2021 at the latest. At, and I mean at the latest, 2024, Wembley Stadium will have a franchise full-time NFL team. Do you not think they'll use your Spurs ground because of the, uh, at the, the bespoke NFL stadium? It depends what it... I mean, I know that's talks that are ongoing, but I know of some talks that are literally happening now. Um, mm. So for them to dismiss you, and I love Reed to death. He's a, he's a jolly old chap, is our Reed. But I promise you, by 2024... If, whether it be the London Jags, whether it be a whoever, you know, it's gonna we it's gonna happen. Roger Goodell wants it more than nothing. The NFL want it more than, and they want it so bad it to happen by 2024 at the latest, my friend. If it wasn't for COVID, we'd nearly be there now. And I don't think it's any coincidence that the owner of the Jags, you know, Mr. Khan, owns Fulham Football Club. Yeah, you know, straight from London. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's not it's not hard to put two and two together and say that over the years, probably the last five years, the Jags have played what two or three games a season. Yeah, and he's still got an interest at buying Wembley Stadium as well. Yeah, and it, and it's it, I understand where where when I brought this up, where people have come from to say, well, what about the the West Coast? You know, if you're coming across from the West Coast, it's going to be really difficult in time to uh, to set up games. But um, I, but yeah, I do, I do think we'll have a franchise here. I mean, we all know NFL Europe didn't work mm-hmm. um, for one reason or another. But what is actually really encouraging is looking at people from the NFL Academy now, which I don't know if many people out there know anything yeah. about. Um, the academy, but time, Neil Neil Reynolds. Reynolds if you if you follow, yeah, exactly, he's a QB. If you follow Neil Reynolds on um, social media, he's a big advocate of the uh, NFL Academy, which is now massively professionalised, and they're taking you know children, well, kids, really, twelve, thirteen yeah. years old onwards, um, and mm-hmm. giving them opportunities to come through. They're getting um, you know they're getting tier one scholarships in you know big, big universities in the States now. Um, so there's nothing there that, that that's, that's you know, something that's going on there. It's, it's fantastic that British kids are now getting that opportunity to, to live out their dreams. And this just shows you how big the sport as a whole is becoming and exploding over the UK. You know it and I know it. I've done the international games. I wasn't lucky enough to get a ticket um, for the Washington game, unfortunately, but um, it is what it is. But I've done a few of the games at Wembley and, you know, every team's every team's jersey is represented. Every team's jersey, and and you know, you talk to our American brothers and cousins, and they look and they're like, "Really? Is it really like that?" And yeah, it is. You know, it really speak is. to the you ones have... that were with me at the Redskins. Well, got honestly, yeah. mate. So uh, Kelly, Crystal, all them, Liz, um, all the uh, all the guys and girls that come across through the UK, when they walked into that stadium on, on that day, buddy. They were blowing away. They were like, this is better than FedEx. You know, they're like the atmosphere wise is better than what they experience at FedEx. And I hadn't been to FedEx at the time. So obviously I'd only seen um, Washington at Wembley. This is before I got to the Eagles and Giants game out in the States. And I've been, I'm like you, Scott, I've been to countless football games slash soccer at Wembley. I've been to thousands of Tottenham games. That atmosphere on that day for the Washington versus the Bengals is like nothing I've experienced ever. I can't describe how loud that stadium was for Washington. 
unbelievable. I wish I was there. I really do. I was lucky enough to um, to get some pictures of some players, and and I got a, a, an official um, Redskins hat, as it was at the time, because mm-hmm. um, my best friend is a, was a border force agent at uh, Gatwick, and that's where the team flew into. Yeah. So he actually did their passport control. So uh, wow. <laughs> I was yeah. lucky that he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that." So yeah. uh, <laughs> it no, was... I was quite I was quite good with that. It's going to happen, Scott. Um, Scott, what is the, um, I've asked a few people, what's the one thing, if you could change anything about the current game, being a man that watches a lot of football now and you're, you know, you're a knowledgeable guy, if you could change anything about the current game, um, what would you change and why? No Monday night football for me. Um, <laughs> It's just so late. That that playoff game against the Bucks. Wow. I was 6 a.m. in the morning. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, no, in, in all seriousness, um, I don't know. I don't know what I changed. I don't know if the rule changes that come in each year um, make a huge difference to the actual watching yeah. of the game. You think the 17th can... game will make a difference? A lot, of people are, a lot of people are moaning about that. I'm like, oh, sorry, it's extra football. I think we are because we might get the Bears on the road. But um, I thought it was the Bills. But, is it um, the Bills? Oh, I thought it was yeah, the Bears. Yeah, okay, yeah. whoever we get. But a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want the 17th game because then that turns to 8. And I'm like, give me more football. I can understand it from both points of view. I mean, from a welfare point of view for the players, you've got to think, is 17 games too many? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to have more people on IR, we're going to have more injuries, but I, I suppose you don't know until you test the water to understand, yeah. is it is it going to work, is it not going to work? It's the same as things like plastic pitches in other sports, you, you know, when you bring them in, does it make more of an injury, an injury uh an injury thing there, but I don't think I changed many rules really. Mm. Um, I like to see less. I think I agree with Doc less Wilson. flags. Yeah, maybe let them be footballers. I know it's hard with all the that you know the headshots nowadays, but, but I'm some not, of the some of the pass you know, interference calls are just uh, yeah, they're, they're bullshit. Yeah. It's terrible. And as Washington fans, we seem to get them. Washington seems to get them more than blooming everyone. But do you think they're just trying to make it a three-hour game now? As, yeah. as more and more and more they yeah. can to it's try and more... make each game under three hours or as, as close to three hours as possible. Yeah, I I generally think, um, yeah, I think they generally are. But, you know, do you think how much money they make from a game day, you know, from the uh, the, the league make from the, a game day? So there's advertising. It's, you know, when I was at Wembley, that was the thing that you could see all the fans that never watched the NFL. But you can tell when the TV adverts are coming on, all the players were just randomly standing in the middle of the field for like four or five minutes and they're like why are we waiting so long for the next play I'm like because the adverts are running on TV now probably getting someone a million pounds you know so there's there's all sorts that go into why they, they last so long and stuff like that we only have to look at how much they pay for a Super Bowl commercial so. yeah yeah exactly yeah. Scott. exactly yeah, exactly exactly um Scott before we get on to your dinner guests which we always ask on this show I don't usually take questions on this show Scott but one come in for you today buddy from our good buddy Mike um it's to do with the current roster. So I said I'd ask it to you while me and you are here to, is talking some Washington football, pal. Um, he says, I'm not sure you take questions on these podcasts, Andy, but here goes. Mike, it's you. I'm taking the question. Forget arm strength and mobility or accuracy. Is Kyle and Taylor's biggest weakness, they are not big enough names so that it's harder to attract the top players in free agency? Oh, tough question. Um, possibly. Um, but as I don't think we've ever had a franchise quarterback, and I don't mean that rudely, I just, you know... No, you're not wrong. Not in our fandom. No, no, absolutely not in my fandom. I mean, you know, Rex Grossman was slinging it when I started. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, 
yeah, maybe they're not big enough names. Um, how would you sell I, the Washington football team, Scott? How do you sell it? How would you sell it to uh, like Mike wants to know how we obviously with Taylor and um, Kyle Allen at QB. If you're if you're in charge of Washington's recruitment, I've asked this to a few people. I'll be obviously with your knowledge of, of football. How would you sell the Washington football team to a prospective free agent? An an up and coming two to three year project potential Super Bowl champions win now mode with an unbelievable defense that will bail you out of, of football games um, that we can build around and a culture that's changing um, into a culture that, and, a, and a journey that people want to be on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what, how I would sell it. hundred percent. I've, that's what I've said to people. It's like, you know, you've only got to look at who's in the building now. We just start with yeah. the coach, Ron Rivera, probably the first coach we've had in my fandom. Don't get me. I was still, I was a fan when uh, Joe Gibbs 2.0 come back. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of why I don't know how you feel. Ron Rivera is probably the first actual coach where I believed that the words that are fully coming out of his mouth, 100%. We've had many a coach since I've been a fan. You know, we've gone through them all. You know, uh, most recently, obviously, we had Jay Gruden. We've had plenty of Joe Gibbs 2.0, the Shanahan's of this world. Um, Ron Rivera is the first person, when I hear him talk, I believe everything he says. And I think he's doing things. He says these things. And he actually means them. Some coaches say things and you're like, this isn't going to happen. We knew every time Jay Gruden spoke that the players didn't really respect him. You know, they were going around slapping his ass cheeks during training. Could you imagine walking someone walking up to Ron Rivera now and giving him a slap on the ass? You'd be like, he'd get you he'd be throwing hands, you know? So I think we've now got that respect from a coaching point of view. I think we're slowly getting that from a Jason Wright point of view, a Julie Donaldson, a Mike May, you know, all these guys now that are coming in. So I, yeah, I'm with you. I think you could sell it like that and say, look, we're not the quote unquote, Washington Redskins of old anymore slash football team now um that's how I'm with you that's how I would sell it two to three years we will be in the Super Bowl yeah absolutely that's exactly where I would say how I would sell it anyway does it affect their arm talent getting back to Mike's question there um no I, I don't I do think yes it does in some ways yes it does but in most ways no dollars the dollars key yeah you know money money talks mm -hmm. it's a business um we always look at sometimes we look and we can't necessarily get attached to the players that are in the jerseys. And, that, and that's the problem sometimes is mm -hmm. we get too attached to the players in the jerseys. Uh, it is a business and people move on. You know, that's, um, but I do think that the dollar's key. Um, there will be someone out there who will want to, there will be people out there who want to pay for, uh, play for this team, especially with the cap space we have going into this free agency anyway. Yeah, most definitely. Scott, we all, you know how we finish this, buddy. Three dinner guests. Alive, dead, famous, non-famous. You can sit down, crack open a beer, talk some football and life in general. Who's coming to the bar with you to have a beer? Who and why? So, first one I've got is uh, Muhammad Ali. Oh, um, unbelievable! I just purely for the banter as well as the conversation. <laughs> you know, he um, can spit you a riddle out. I would sit there for hours talking about yeah. boxing with him as well. Um, it's You know, I, I quite enjoy watching um, watching boxing from, and the old boxing as well. So yeah. he would be one of my first one. Um, Coach Gibbs, just oh. so I can understand the history, um, what it was like to, to be there in the Super Bowl era, to, to understand what it was like when RFK was full to get his perspective on this franchise as a whole. Um, I've listened to a lot of his interviews on podcasts and various different um, different areas, and he just comes across as 
the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the guy. Um, and so he would be definitely there um, as well, just for a bit of a... a and I want to say Sean Taylor as well, um, because I haven't... I haven't... I never got the experience to see him even play, to watch Tate, to watch him live, because he wasn't really in my fandom then. So mm-hmm. he would potentially be my third person there that would be wow. around the table. What a great uh, that is a uh, that is a night out I need to attend Scott that would be uh, that would be amazing but Scotty as always mate absolute pleasure to uh, talk uh, to talk football to talk your fandom and hear a little bit about you and your story and why you uh, love this great team and honestly why you're here Scott honestly the contributions you make to all the podcasts uh, your questions your interaction with myself with Carl with um, Freddie with everyone you know Maddie over at the HTWR with all the Washington podcasts it, it means a lot to us mate and um, just the fact that we get to speak to do things like this and speak to you so I know I speak for myself I speak for Carl I speak for all the guys and girls when uh, we say thank you mate and just keep being the great fan that you are and the knowledgeable fan that you are mate because it's truly truly remarkable buddy Thanks so much for having me on, Andy. You know, I really appreciate you taking the time to go through this with me and look into my, my story, I suppose. It's nice to hear a fellow Brit um, out there doing it and you're getting all the recognition you deserve as well for the, for this. Um, it's not like a let's blow smoke up each other's asses here, but, you know, it, yeah, it, you do make a difference. And as I said before, you and the rest of the pod, podcast crew have, uh, have got me out of a lot of hard times recently. You know, it's been a depressing time for everyone around the mm-hmm. world. And if we can, you know, if we can have a little bit of love and a little bit of, uh, a, you know, a, a little bit of uh, a lighter mood, you, you lighten that mood. So thank you again. And if you ever want the chance to chop it up, you know, you're a friend now. You're not, you're not just a podcast host. You know, you know where I am. Just, just give me a call anytime. I'm uh, always happy to talk. Scotty, like we said on the podcast, buddy, in a few months, you, me and a few other Brits are all going to be standing at a bar um, talking Washington football and putting the world to rights, my friend. So um, we will definitely get to that in the next coming months. But Scotty, thanks so much, my friend. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this has been your bonus weekend episode of the DC Tweet Team podcast with myself and my good buddy, Scott Hartley. Till next time, everybody, stay safe.